0: Window of Opportunity,
1: a Stargate Rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 14, 48 Hours. Not at all like the movie. Not, no, not not at all like the movies.
0: Not well, sort of bit. in
1: that there, there's a 48-hour deadline, but that, that's pretty much it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the forty it's hour, 48 hours themselves is it. Yes.
1: That's that's it. There's yeah, nothing more yeah. after that.
0: I do so. find it funny when they do episodes like that where it's like 48 hours to do this, and they never show anybody sleeping or anybody taking a break. Yeah. They just show everybody going about their normal time the whole time. Like, are you are you, are you gonna take a little nap? What's I don't know. Yeah,
1: and like we have people like traveling to Russia, which that's not a short flight, right? So. Which, oh, that's a thing I could have looked up. How long is a flight from Colorado Springs to Moscow?
0: Yeah. A
1: good Let's look that up.
0: Live Googling. Yay. That eats up half your time anyway. And the fact that they also return in that 48
1: hours. Mm, well, no, don't they, they don't. No,
0: They pass the, for- oh, yes, because they arrest him and then proceed.
1: Yeah. And they have like okay. an hour left at that point okay um let's see google maps is not giving me any information so maybe let's try if there, well if you even you might not be able to travel to russia right now so <laughs>
0: that's probably true. that might be
1: why i'm not getting why you can't
0: find actual flights i can't
1: find any yeah no
0: nope. how How long is the flight? Well, I don't know if, I don't know what list you want to get on to. Why
1: is it telling me September? 25 hours. Ooh. So Hmm. it's a whole day just to get to Russia, which I mean, Uh. that's it, that that's, you know, commercial flights. So there's stops and stuff. They were probably on, you know, Air Force flight. So probably fewer stops, but still good, like 24 hours, I'd say. Yeah. to get from colorado springs to russia so yeah.
0: that's a lot of quick negotiations so i mean that makes it interesting knowing those negotiation scenes because you know with the cuts between the events happening here and there you think that like when they're going and deliberating and and talking to the people about negotiating and stuff you think it's a long time but it wouldn't be wouldn't it It'd be like yeah. i don't know 30 minutes
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do, like, what is happening in Russia is happening concurrently with what's happening in Colorado, but due to the limitations of television, we're seeing it sequentially, so that probably makes it also seem like there's more time passing, because we see this scene that probably happened at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, cut over to Colorado. At the same time, this other stuff is happening, probably. You know? Right, yeah. That kind of thing is probably happening, too. Yep. All right. I think we've I think we've exhausted our tangent before we get into the actual episode for this week. Well, I'm sure we'll go on more tangents as we get into it. But so, okay, this episode originally aired on March 15th, 2002. It was written by Robert C. Cooper and directed by Peter West. And on the commentary, we had Peter West and Andy Wilson as the director of photography. And this was his first episode as the main director of photography. He'd done sort of like second unit work before, but this was his first Like, he was the director of photography for this episode.
0: Oh, nice. All right, mm-hmm. cool.
1: So, in this episode, after an accident with the Stargate traps Tilk in transit, SG-1 must turn to Russia and to their enemies for help before time runs out. da da mm mm-hmm. So we start with SG-1 off-world and they're running, they're running, they're running. Yes, that
0: was a scene in one of your videos. I sang along as well.
1: It's the first, it's actually the first scene in that video. Yeah. (laughs) So for anybody interested, the video called How Far We've Come on my YouTube channel, which is in our Discord, that that opening scene is the opening scene to that video-ish. So anyway. And we see them being pursued by a couple ghoul death gliders. They make it to the gate. Daniel starts dialing. It connects and Jack orders them to go through. So first we see Daniel and Sam make it through the gate. Jack and Tilk are still sort of returning fire, trying to fend off the uh, death gliders as well as they can with the P90. And actually Tilk is carrying, if you remember from um, the fifth man, when Tilk took, like, the cannon off of the Death Glider. So this is the first show where we finally get Tilk as a sort of fairly regular weapon for Tilk. He just carts around the cannon as a gun. I mean, mean
0: that, like, every time Tilk uses that thing from now on, he needs just, like, a cigar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. The two must accompany each other. They're part of an outfit. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I, like, I
1: can see it. I can see it. And it's awesome. Yes. Love it. Um. <laughs> so anyway, so they're returning fire. Jack actually gets sort of knocked down by one of the gliders firing at them. And according to the commentary, that was Rick actually doing his own stunt. And he actually got like a little banged up when he like oh. flew backwards a little bit.
0: Fun um, but oh. he's fine.
1: Yeah. So oh, man. But I like he's fine. But, you know, a little little banged up, but not too bad. So Tilk helps him up, and they see an Alkesh rise up from behind some nearby trees and start firing at them. Jack dives through the gate. Tilk pauses, notices that it is Tanith at the controls of the Alkesh. And Tilk just, like, he waits and waits for Tanith to get closer, fires that big-ass cannon directly into the cockpit. He runs through the wormhole as we see the Alkesh crash into the ground right in front of the gate. And we see the blast actually envelop the DHD and the gate. I was wondering how much, how far up the
0: billing the actor that plays Hanuk, who of course his name is escaping me, but how far up the billing he got just for that one appearance for like three seconds.
1: Well, here's a guest star. No, here's, here's the, here's the very interesting thing about this. So that Peter Wingfield, He's not in this episode. That is a CG composite from other footage he had shot because according to uh, a comment by Robert C. Cooper in the illustrated companion book, like like these official sort of companions for Stargate that exist, um, they never wanted to kill Tanith, but Peter wanted too much money to come back and they just they oh, couldn't afford him. Peter. So they had to kill him and just sort of take, other scenes he had shot and like CG him into the cockpit for that.
0: Well, okay. So why would they have to kill him then besides just never speak of him again
1: or. Well, if you remember when we first met him, he was really being set up to be the second in command to the new big bad that we will meet in a little bit. So they couldn't just sort of like let him never be spoken of again because they were going to be making him actually somebody now that like Apophis was dead and all of that stuff.
0: All right. That's so,
1: true. So yeah, unfortunately they, they, they had to kill him
0: and to take him down. Well, yeah, that's
1: what yeah, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: That is something else I also wonder about too, is when actors, you know, for whatever reason of actors, not returning to a show is the actor's fault. If the writers decide to kill them off, like, in the most stupid way possible.
1: Nabby. (laughs) Stop. Not bitter. Not bitter at all.
0: No, totally fine. (laughs) No, like that. mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, my example is, I never watched Dawson's Creek when it was on the first time. And I recently did a rewatch of that. And so I had no idea that, spoiler alert, so Dawson's dad dies in a car crash, While he has, he's trying to eat an ice cream cone while driving, and they do the bit where the ice cream, you know, falls off the cone, and he goes to go get it and swerves out the road, like, after being, you know, one of the main parents for how many seasons, I mean, I guess the the only thing I know about it is that, you know, they were getting older, they were going to college, whatever, the parents weren't going to be featured as much, and he didn't Mm -hmm. really want to be part of that, so, you know, whatever, but, like, Ice cream cone bit while driving.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll get we'll get to Atlantis. Deal. We'll we'll get to Atlantis <laughs> and that whole <laughs> yes. that whole thing. Yes. All right. Tangent number two. Anyway, okay. Tangent over. So okay. So Alakesh explodes. Gates destroy. Cut back to the SGC. Daniel, Jack, and Sam are there waiting. And then the wormhole cuts off, and there's no Tilk. Hammond comes running down. And is like, what happened? Uh, let's go to the opening credits and then we'll find out when we come back. Interpretive dance. Yes. So everybody's heading back up into the control room and trying to figure out what may have gone wrong. They're all in agreement that whatever happened, they need to go back to get Tilk. And so they restart the dialing sequence when an unknown error pops up. According to Sam, the error notes that something is wrong with the gate itself, not with the dialing computer. So she turns to Jack and is like, What exactly happened before you came back? And so Jack tells him about the Alkesh, and it was coming right towards them. And Sans like, could it have crashed into the gate? And Jack's like, maybe. So if the wormhole was disconnected prematurely while Tilk was still in transit, then abort the dialing sequence. Then we cut to Hammond and Daniel up in the briefing room sort of recapping the mission of like why they were there. And it turns out they had gone on this mission based on Tok'ra intelligence that the Gould were scouting this planet for a new base. What the Tok'ra didn't know is that Tanith was the Gould who was going to be setting up the base here. And given the history and their, you know, the animosity between Tanith and Tilk when they sort of stumbled upon each other... You, all hell broke loose, basically. Madness ensued. Madness. Yes. yes. Sam comes up from the control room and she believes she's figured out the problem, but they need to act on it right now. She rambles for a bit before Hammond's like, can you please just get on with it? So, okay, here's what's going on. So the gate itself basically acts like a giant computer buffer. As you get sort of, not disintegrated, demolecular de- demolecularized. I think that's, is that the word demolecularized? Something like sure. that. Yes. Um, so you get demolecularized, shoved through the gate and then the gate on the other side sort of holds those bits of data for a little bit to make sure it has all of the bits of data of you or whatever thing is being sent. And then it recoalesces you into the full person. The error seems to be indicating that there's something still stuck in that memory buffer. So, if the Alkesh crashed into the DHG off-world, that would have cut off the power, which would have shut down the gate. So, Tilk is stuck in the gate as data, basically. Weird. Yeah. Very fascinating concept, though. It is. I, I remember the first time seeing this being like, oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the worst part. The other sort of bad part of this is that when a new wormhole connects to a gate, it basically clears out the buffer to make sure that energy signatures don't get mixed up. So if the SGC tries to dial out or someone tries to dial in, then Tilk will be quote-unquote erased. And you will be dead, which is very much not a thing that anybody wants.
0: No, not at all. Not good.
1: So there's currently eight other teams offworld. So how does the SGC stop them from dialing in? Sam suggests moving the iris so that it actually sits inside the gate. So there's not actually that like micron of room for the wormhole to be established like there is right now. So the wormhole just would not be able to connect to the gate like as if it was buried as it is on other planets and stuff. So no kabush, so no erasing tilk. So how do those teams off world get home then? Well, when the Russians had the DHD connected to their gate, it became the primary Earth gate, and all incoming travel went there. So we're gonna get on that, and Daniel's gonna go figure out how much time there is until the first off world team is supposed to return or check in, so they know how much time they have to try and get Russia uh, to to help on board. Yeah, on board. Yes. Oh, good times. Yeah, so down in the gate room, we see a quick shot of Siler and some techs working on, you know, moving the iris. And then Hammond is in his office talking with the president when Daniel comes in. And it seems that Hammond's been given the go ahead to do what needs to be done, like get Russia involved and do all this other stuff. And after he hangs up, Daniel says that SG5 is the first team scheduled to check in. And that's less than an hour from now. Hammond asks if the iris will be in place. And Daniel's like, they're they're working as fast as they can. So fingers crossed. We hope so. Maybe. Um, and uh, by the way, Daniel's going to Russia. Yay. Yay. So Jack walks into the control room. And he had gotten a little banged up earlier. So he has a couple stitches, stitches a concussion, you know, the usual. Whatever. It's fine. No big deal. Right. Uh, so we ask Sam why Tilk is in the gate and if he can do anything to help. And we get some techno babble from Sam about, you know, when they were first writing the dialing protocols, a lot of it was just trial and error since they didn't have a DHD, and they now have to try and figure out how to write a program that would tell the gate to resume reassembling tilk, which is not something that like the gate does. And you see Jack's eyes kind of glaze over, and if this was a cartoon, you would hear that like blink, blink sound effect, yeah. and he just, and he's just like, "Can I get you some coffee?" yeah and sam kind of ends his conversation which like with uh i i don't know if this is even possible that like what they're trying to do might not be possible even with the gate technology might just not be something you can get the gate to do so we'll see yes so daniel and major davis have arrived in russia and let the politicking begin oh fantastic yes please Yes. So Russia have been able to contact all of the SG teams that are off world to inform them of the situation. And SG 5 and SG 8, who are a marine unit and a medical team, have actually already returned safely. Daniel thanks them for their cooperation in this issue. And Colonel Chekhov is just, you know, we're not doing this just to be nice. There's, you know, this agreement between the US and Russia that's supposed to be going on with all the Stargate stuff, and it's been completely ignored by everybody up to this point and major davis speaks up that it's you know technically and logist- logistically impossible to have two stargate programs running at the same time and uh, checkoff says well given what's going on right now it might be impossible not to have two stargate programs so point taken. Yes. yes yeah
0: i love how in all these episodes they eventually have a point which i i really like it's what we had talked about pretty much on our own of the other country will point out, like, you are taking it upon yourself <laughs> to represent <laughs> the entire planet to the rest of the world. Why do you think this is okay? And then America's like, but get, but get, get, we don't want you to have it. Like, <laughs> pretty much their whole excuse, like, yeah. we, don't, we don't want you to have it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So sort of going on what we had talked about very at the very top of this episode, there's a sort of interesting discussion and commentary here about how they use lighting to show the passage of time in these Mm -hmm. scenes and stuff. And like when they use like natural lighting and when they try to go with all, you know, just sort of like in scene lighting, like lamps that would be in that room kind of a thing. So if you're interested in technical stuff, this is a good commentary for that. Nice. So we cut over to the commissary and Jack's just sitting there with his head resting on his arms. Cause you know, he's got a concussion and Hammond comes in and tells him to go home. Jack insists he's fine. He's not, he's really just, he's very worried about Tilk and that stupid like Jafar revenge thing. And if Jack, if Tilk had just listened to Jack and just gone through the gate, none of this would have happened and everybody would be fine. And Hammond like orders him to go get some rest because everybody there is doing everything that can be done. At this point. So, Jack, go get some rest. It'll be fine. Yep. We hope. Hammond returned to the briefing room where Sam is waiting there with Colonel Simmons and Dr. McKay! What? (laughs) Is this the first appearance of Dr. McKay? It is!
0: Oh, man. I did not remember how they started off his
1: character. Yes. Ah, I know. Like, given how much, if you've seen Atlantis, you know, like, what goes on with Rodney, but he's just such an ass in this episode.
0: Well, it's interesting Mm. the flip that happens because, like, you know, they maintain his character the whole thing of, like, he is a brilliant mind and he knows it. Yes. And what they do with him in Atlantis. I mean, it's been a while since I've even watched Atlantis, so I don't remember if this is quite accurate. But it's usually like he will say arrogant and moxious things and just like spout it off, being completely oblivious to the temperature of the room and not even knowing what he's sounding like to other people. Like he doesn't yeah. know. So you almost kind of are able to forgive that like he just has no idea. But yeah. this McKay, he knows that he is yes. saying just like the most demeaning things and he's doing it on purpose
1: (laughs) yes yeah but i but it is part of his personality he's just he's one of those people who's very just blunt and just gets to the point of things and doesn't like speak around what it is they're trying to say if he has something to say he's just gonna say it yeah yeah uh i will say so i ended up watching this episode three times uh, once, as per usual, once with the commentary And then when I was poking around the internet Seeing if there's any interesting fun facts out there About this episode, I found that A few years ago, David Hewlett Did like a live watch-along And commentary for this episode And it's on his YouTube channel Oh, funny So um, I'll put the link to that in the show notes So it's really interesting And it, one of the most interesting things Is like, he also had his son and his wife in Like watching with him And his son had, like, this is the first episode of Stargate his son had, like, ever seen. No. <laughs> and so, so, like, knew nothing about Stargate. Those like, nothing. And they're very, they're, I it, it was just amusing how confused actually all of them were throughout this whole episode. Going, like, wait, what's going on? Who are these people? And, like, his wife was, like, uh, she's, she's, like, behind the scenes in show business. And she had done some stuff with Stargate. So she was, like, vaguely familiar with the property. But, you know from behind the scenes and stuff and not, you know, daily involvement kind of a thing. But it was just, it was very amusing how much they were like, wait, what's happening? Who are these people? Who are these people? Yeah. Why are you saying such things? And he was young too. Yes.
0: Oh man. Yeah. He was a baby.
1: 21 years ago. Yeah, Yeah. Now. Yeah. But yeah. So yay. Dr. McKay is here anyway. Yay. Okay, anywho, so Dr. McKay has been studying the gate at Area 51 for the last year, and Simmons calls him the foremost expert on the gate, uh, to which Hammond goes after Major Carter, right? Because, mm -hmm, yeah, Uh, it's like, okay, it's like, McKay's been studying the gate for a year. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, so there's some sniping about how Sam spends most of, her, most of her time in the field with Hammond standing up for her. And it's like she's the reason this program is running and, like, wrote so much of this code and, like, all of that stuff. And Ronnie just writes off all of her work as sloppy and the cause of, quote, unquote, numerous unnecessary situations, any of which could have ended in catastrophe, <clears throat> red sky, <clears throat> which, Oops. which is why McKay is there to help. So great. He can report to Sam. Simmons then adds a ticking clock to this whole already super stressful situation. They have 48 hours
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: normal gate operations will be resumed. So no oh, man, Hammond takes Simmons into his office to figure out just like what the hell is going on here. Basically there's some grumbling about valuing Tilk's life over that of good Americans. And it's like, but Tilk can save this planet. So we deserve to save Tilk. Uh, but there's also some stuff about like the Pentagon doesn't want to have to deal with Russia any more than they have to. And since all of the SG teams have now returned to Earth, they have 48 hours to get took out and then normal stargate operations so we can get out of Russia because they don't like Russia right now. Right. Yeah. Back in Russia. Yes. Confirmation. Everybody's back safe. So now they need to send one of the SG teams off world to get in touch with some allies. Allies of. Of Earth, Colonel Chekov, allies of Earth, who may be able to help. <laughs> I did like
0: that distinction.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, who may be able to help this situation? And Colonel Chekhov does not like that. He's not there to do whatever you know Daniel and Major Davis are telling him to do. The deal was simply that Russia ceases all gate activity, and which they've done. So now, if the U.S. needs to use russia's gate well then the u.s needs to provide them with something of actual significant value considering russia is now the sort of vulnerable country in this scenario because their gate is the active gate so if earth gets attacked via the gate they get attacked in russia which you know it's fair fair point i guess yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not untrue <laughs> good way <to> put it <laughs> Uh, We cut to Jack leaving, like, a convenience store after apparently paying for some gas in town when Mayborn shows up and Jack's just like, you son of a bitch. (laughs) And, like, he kind of, like, (laughs) run around the car. These days, I really, I love their interactions. You
0: rad bastard. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I did shoot you. It wasn't me. I don't um, know that. Uh no. They commentary. almost make her like an old
1: married couple. They do, they really do. They yes. do. Yeah. I never liked Mayborn when he was with the NID, but the more we get him post NID, the more I'm like, why do I like you? I'm not supposed to like you. I know. <laughs> I'm not supposed to, I don't like you. Um I know. But according to the commentary, this like staging here with them like chasing each other around the truck was like Rick and tom because like they tried some things when they were getting the camera set up and just like nothing was quite working So they were just the director was just like just do just just do something you know what your characters would do just do that and this is what they ended up with and i think it works great and i love it (laughs) i like it yeah um so mayborn manages like talk jack down and convince him he's like i didn't shoot you i don't know who did unfortunately i wish i did also mayborn by this time has heard about tilk and hopes that they're able to get him back but the real reason he's there is to warn Jack about Simmons, because Mayborn knows exactly the kind of guy that Simmons is, because he recruited him after all. So, mm. hmm. yeah. Oh, Mayborn. How dare he not. <laughs> mm. So, Ronnie then enters Sam's lab and so, sort of apologizes for, like, what happened up in the briefing room, but also not really He does clarify that he doesn't work for Simmons because he was like, I get I kind of picked up that you guys don't like each other. So I'm not I'm not with him. He's just the one that brought me. But I'm I'm on the Air Force payroll. I report to the Joint Chiefs. I have nothing to do with that guy. So just so you know. Uh, And basically, he just wanted to cut past the part where Sam would argue about how she's right about everything so they can get down to like fixing the problem. Uh, he also brings up some stuff that's wrong with, like, the dialing program, most notably how it, quote-unquote, ignores 220 of the 400 feedback signals from the gate, and basically he's surprised they actually caught this error and decided to actually abort the dialing sequence, and she goes to kick him out of the office when the phone rings, and on the phone is Daniel from Russia with love. Um.
0: Hold on now. She
1: said yeah. a very interesting line. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was very
0: unSam. She said something about like I. It's my job to present the risks, not to decide whether or not to take them. Yes. <gasps> that was. I felt like that was very much a line just said in defense. Like she was just all worked up and just like said something. Cause, yeah. Lord, I've done that myself all the time. But it oh,
1: was so very unSam. It was. It it was. It was interesting. Yeah. Where yeah. it was sort of like. Uh, I. <sighs> the sort of passing the buck to somebody else in a way right. yeah that didn't feel cuz the quite... basis of
0: her character is pretty much the opposite
1: <laughs> yeah it's like i get what she was trying to say but i think there's there was maybe a better way to say it without sam sounding like i didn't do it mm-hmm. i don't make the
0: decisions i just do the stuff
1: i don't know anything i just work here you know yeah, that kind right. of thing yeah Okay, so Daniel k- kind of has good news. The Russians did allow them to send SG5 out to get in touch with the Tokra and according to the Tokra, this is happening because the SGC doesn't have a DHD, which probably would have uh, provided, basically it would have provided the power to keep the wormhole connected long enough to finish the reintegration process. Okay, so can a DHD fix it and can the SGC have Russia's? Dan replies to do that with, uh, not without giving back Alaska. <laughs> and I
0: like that clip.
1: <laughs> yeah. And in the background, we see that Major Davis and Chekhov are still, like, arguing about whatever stuff. Stargate-related, obviously. The other bad news is the Toker don't have any ideas at the moment of how to actually fix it because they are also pretty sure that just connecting a DHD might force that reset process that would erase tilt from the buffer. So they're going to keep working on it. Maybe get back to us with something soon. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So Simmons heads back into Hammond's office and says he has the information necessary to fix this problem, as long as he gets something in return. And Hammond is having none of this and basically threatens Simmons with being arrested. Which this this scene confuses me because I like me as the viewer, I get what Simmons is hinting at. Which is the fact that he has the Gould from Desperate Measures in his custody, and that Gould apparently knows how to fix this problem. But they also seem to be hinting that Hammond knows that, but Hammond doesn't, or is what Simmons saying enough information for Hammond to work out that Simmons has the Gould? Like there's sort of like some I think subtext that's supposed to be happening, but it's not like being supported by the text itself. I, I like, the the words Simmons and Hammond are saying at each other don't line, don't, I don't know. They don't really line up and gel. Like, Hammond at one point goes, I'm just trying to figure out how many crimes you're committing right now. And I'm like, what, 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 I don't, I'm like, what crimes is he committing? He hasn't said anything. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of confused by this. I don't
0: know. Oh, I'm trying to think of it myself because, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I didn't think about this one too hard. <laughs>
1: okay. I mean, I think it's one of those scenes that's like the, where it's like the audience has more information than the people in the show have, but what the characters are saying shouldn't work because the character doesn't have the information to make the connections that the audience is making. Like the stuff Hammond is saying back to Simmons doesn't work because Hammond doesn't know what we know. He might suspect, but he doesn't know for sure. Mm, because true. they have, yeah. they they don't know Simmons was, you know, there in that hospital and that Simmons is the one who shot Jack and took the ghoul and everything. So
0: I don't know. Well, maybe the writers forgot that.
1: I don't know. Possibly. Or it could be. It's, so I had noted this qu- this question here that I, I had problems with the scene. And then in the commentary, they actually talked about how the first edit of an episode is like the director's cut, which is done just regardless of like the airtime constraints or any of that stuff. It's just what the director thinks the best version of that episode is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the producers and other people get involved to get the episode down to its final cut. And he didn't say anything in specific, but uh, he did, Peter, the director, did mention, like, when he actually watched the final cut, he was kind of surprised by a lot of things that had been removed or moved around and stuff. Oh, so maybe there, so maybe, maybe there
0: was something else we should have seen. Maybe.
1: Hmm. possibly i don't oh, know but okay yeah so yeah i don't know anyway so jack shows up at mayborn's hotel which according to the commentary that hotel is the actual location and it's right across the street from bridge studios so oh, nice and convenient funny. for filming <laughs> hey. um so apparently mayborn has also found out somehow that simmons blackmailed Hammond, which is apparently what was happening in that last scene. How does
0: Mayborn find all this stuff
1: I out? I just How did he know?
0: Because I mean every time you see him doing research, he's like on his typey typey computer. But I'm imagining like somebody I'm imagining like giggly girls gossiping, like,
1: did you hear about the SGC? Because <laughs> who did... in the Stargate. <laughs> because who who did Simmons tell he he blackmailed Hammond to and then Or, or, okay. Or is this what happened? So Jack comes in and it's, it's apparent that Hammond has contacted Jack about what happened. So did Hammond contact Jack and then Jack contacted Mayborn and was like, okay, this is what's happening. I actually need your help. Is that what happened? Maybe. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. But I I just picture
0: Mayborn just (laughs) gossiping (laughs) with little girls. Like, did you hear about this?
1: Oh my God! Can you believe what Simmons said? Oh my Man, God! Can you believe it? Oh, oh. I'm so jealous. <laughs> um. So, but we learn here that what Simmons wanted in return from Hammond is the Gould hand device. Okay. So now that's like yes, Simmons. Because that's has really a good Gould.
0: idea. I don't entirely know how he would think that would end up in his favor.
1: I know, it's like, you are a human, you cannot use a gould hand device, so why, why would you ask for one? Why do you need maybe, one?
0: Maybe he's arrogant enough to be like, you're still in a cage, I can manipulate you anywhere I want, because you're not more evil than me. I don't, I know. I don't know how he thought that was actually going to end up in his favor.
1: Yeah, and like, you want to give a, gould a a a weapon that can toss you across the room and like through walls and stuff? And, you know, scramble your brains. Why? Why Why would you want to do that? I don't know. Anyway. um, So according to Jack, this is actually maybe good news because, okay, Simmons has the Gould. So that means maybe they can track down where the Gould is, go talk to the Gould and get that Gould to tell the SGC what he told Simmons. So they just need to find the Gould. And so that's why Jack is there. For Harry's yeah. help. So you can track down the gold. Back in Russia in time for more politicking. Yay. So it seems that uh, allowing the SGC to use the Russian gate has allowed Chekhov to think he can renegotiate the terms of Russia's involvement with the SGC in the Stargate program at large. His new demands include the following a permanent Russian team on staff at the SGC. All mission files go through one of their officers at the SGC. All technologies acquired, past, present, and future are shared equally. To be fair, that last point was actually part of the currently ignored agreement. Davis is not having any of this. It's completely unacceptable. He rejects it. Chekhov kind of threatens them with reconnecting the DHD permanently, making the Russia gate the primary gate, which Davis just scoffs at because he knows that Russia doesn't want to run their own program. And Chekhov's like, well, maybe not right now, but governments change. And then mm-hmm. Dan is just like, okay, give it, what, what, what would it take for you to give us your DHD? Like, let's just put it out there. Let's just I love that he it, does. I know. It's like, we all know this is where this is going. So let's just get there what's it going to take for you to give us your dhd which like yeah just just cut just cut the bullshit, get right to the point so yeah. in order for Checkoff to sort of name his price quote unquote he would need to know about all of the stuff that the SGC has acquired since starting their program and then he'll he'll get back to them on that which,
0: which I think is a very interesting comment basically of like I don't know how much it is worth to you so I can't tell you how much I want for it yes <laughs> So, I would love to use that in real life sometime. <laughs> I don't know how much is worth to you, so I don't know how much to ask you for it.
1: Cut back to Mayborn poking around on his computer at some NID files, seeing if he can track down the Gould. And so basically, what he's doing is going through official NID paperwork because the NID is an official government department program. Department program? I'm not. I'm not sure if it's an actual department. Pro- I don't know. But it's it's the NID is an official organization of some sort within the government. So any paperwork they file would be filed with the Pentagon. So if Simmons used an official NID plane to go visit the Gould, which Jack thinks is dumb, but Mayborn's like this all happened in a very short period of time. So he might not have you know been able to just go on a commercial flight anyway, then that flight plan would be on record, classified record, but still on the record. Luckily, Mayborn knows where all of the various NID safe houses are, so he doesn't really need much information to be able to find out where Simmons may have gone and where the Gould is. And it turns out that on his way to Colorado, Simmons stopped over in North Dakota. What? Which isn't really on the way, so hmm.
0: But it's lovely scenery, I'm sure.
1: Oh, I'm sure it is, yes.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So Rodney and Sam are making their way through the commissary to get some food. Please note that Rodney McKay is deathly allergic to citrus. And yes, the lemon chicken has lemon on it. I tell you what, that allergy would
0: make anyone's life miserable. Because citrus is used just as a flavor
1: enhancer in yeah. so many things you can't you wouldn't be able to eat. Yeah, ever. there were some comments from people pointing out that he has cheesecake. But cheesecake doesn't always have lemon in it, like it can, but not always. So I guess he's just right. taking I did the risk notice that that they didn't use lemon in this cheesecake. But well they also didn't show him eating the cheesecake, or did they? N- no, he's just like shoveling that slop into his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> they the could, stew. Whatever that yes yeah, stew yeah. is. Anyway, they're continuing. they're continuing to talk through what's happening with Tilk. And basically what they need to do is figure out how to establish an event horizon without the kawoosh, because the kawoosh is the thing that resets the buffer. And like, to be honest, Rodney makes some fair points in this conversation because Sam keeps saying things like maybe and I think and I believe without presenting any actual evidence to these possible facts, and it's entirely possible that Sam is 100% correct, but she has no proof, and that's what Rodney's really, like, objecting to. It's like, you keep saying you believe this is how it works, but you don't know this is how it works. I've spent the last year gathering actual quantitative, quantitative evidence that the the memory and the information in these crystals degrades at a particular rate, so Tilk is already degrading, like the the information of Tilk is already degrading within the crystal structure of the gate. And Sam's like, oh my god, that's where the 48-hour deadline came from. It's from you. You're the one who said it, right? And he's like, Yeah, so like Tilk's dead. He's gonna be dead. You have 16 hours. You have no plan. We're not any closer to solving this problem. So sorry. Oops. Bye. Yeah. Near the end of this fight. Rodney decides to take the chance to tell Sam he's always had a weakness for dumb blondes. To oh which, my god. To which Sam tells him to go suck a lemon and storms off. And I love it so much.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. See, that's where that comes from. Where like the later Rodney McKay you get the feeling that like he just doesn't know what he's saying. But this Rodney McKay does because he says it with a smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my uh. god. I would love to have shoved that fork,
1: spoon, spoon, Spoon. fork, fork, carve his heart out with spoon. Yes, it would hurt (laughs) more. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so Jack and Mayborn have found the safe house with the Gould and are in process of storming the castle, and Mayborn heads to the surveillance room to let, and sort of takes a look at the monitors, lets Jack know there's two guards left between him and the Gould. Jack gets inside the room, takes out the guards, and we get the, oh, we meet again from the Gould, and Jack's just like, time to tell me what you know. That's why I'm here. Uh, Fun fact from the commentary, this this house at the storming was the location for both the the safe house for the Gould and the Russian embassy. All of the stuffs filmed just in different rooms in the same house. Oh, I wonder who. I wonder who. Yeah, I wonder whose house it was. It was actually empty at the time of filming, so oh, cool. nobody was currently living there. So it was yep. nobody's house. Cool. Nope. I did notice that when Mayborn goes into into the surveillance room on the monitors, it says that today's date is June twenty second.
0: Oh, already
1: then. Apparently it's June 22nd, yeah. Cool. Back in Russia, Daniel and Major Davis are arguing over the pending negotiations, like it's just them in the room now, none of the Russians are there, about this agreement between the U.S. and Russia, and Daniel makes a very good point that Russia's only asking for the things that the SGC already promised to give them, And but Major Davis is like, yeah, that includes Naquita, so no. And Daniel's like, well, the Naquita is for Naquita generator technology, which would be Good for Russia, be a positive thing for Russia. And, you know, since they want to monitor the SGC's use of the gate, can't we just monitor their use of the naquida in return? You know, like, yes, but we kind of need our hands hand. in the pot, too. According yeah. to Major Davis, that's not the point, because they don't know who Russia could then go on to sell the information to. And Daniel's like, ah, so the SGC hasn't been keeping the world safe. It's been keeping the U.S. safe. Got it. And
0: yeah, there it
1: is. There it is. Boom. Mic drop. There it is. In black and white, if you will, but not really because it was spoken and not written. So in plain English? Plain English. Yes. That that's good. Plain English. Yep. There yeah. you go. Yeah. But anyway, the practical application of naquida generator technology for any long term widespread use is still years away from implementation. And in the meantime, The SGC gets the DHD and saves Tilk. And then Russia can't hold the DHD over the SGC anymore. And Daniel and Davis is like, yeah, that's why they're not going to go for this because they're not actually getting anything in return and they're giving up their chit. So, hmm, this isn't going to work. That's exactly why they're not going to go for it. Yes. So Jack enters the actual holding cell that Adrian Conrad, the Gould, is in and demands to know what he told Simmons. And the Gould is just like, or else what? And Jack is like, or else I'll kill you and demonstrates his very willing ability to do so by zadding him. And Conrad pulls out the what about the host line. And well, since the host tried to kill Sam, Jack's not super fond of him either. Yeah. The Gould's terms for telling Jack how to save Tilk require them to let him go. And then once he's free, he'll then contact them at some point to let them know how to save Toto. Yeah, right, right. Right. Total Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he then says that Simmons actually offered him something of value for this information. And Jack looks up and notices a camera in the cell. And well, that that's all that Jack needs. So they head Mm -hmm. out, lock him back up. Uh, Back in the surveillance room, Jack's like, there is a camera. So the conversation with Simmons. Going to be recorded somewhere, so let's look through the tapes. Find it, got it. Let's see what's there.
0: Uh, actual tapes in a VCR, VHS tapes know, in a VCR. In a VCR. Oh. Oh.
1: Yeah, so old, so old. Um, but we get a quick cut back to Russia, and Chekhov comes back into the meeting room and basically throws the SGC's offer on the table. Apparently, it's not good enough for Chekhov. He counters with. The SGC turning over all of the Stargate related information, full access to the base, and then maybe in a month they can have the DHG. Daniel's like, no, we need the DHG now. Tilk doesn't have a month and tries to appeal to Chekhov's possible compassionate side that, you know, Tilk is his friend. And this friend went to try and save the Russian team that got trapped off world you know, he saved Russian people. And Chekhov is just like, yeah, and also all of my people died, except for like that one girl, including one of my very good friends. And so Daniel's like, well, then you should know how I feel. And so Daniel then alters the request slightly and is like, lend us your DHG. Lend it to us and you can come with. You don't have to give it to us, just lend it to us. And yes. Yes, maybe. Yes. So back at the SGC. Daniel has called Sam from Russia, and they have agreed to lend their DHD to the SGC. And unfortunately, Hammond has just been ordered by the president to resume normal SGC operations. SG2 is actually in the gate room right now, preparing to head out to P4C-796. Sam begs for more time, but Hammond can't give it to her. He's been given a direct order. He's like...
0: I just wonder what the urgency is of why, why do you need to resume it in 48 hours? When, why?
1: Because the president doesn't know any better and is just going off of what he's been told by people he thinks know about these things.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: I guess. Yeah. So, uh, and then Hammond's like, I can resign, but I don't know who would be running this facility in an hour. Is that enough time? And Sam's like, no crap. So nope. they're out of time. Down in the control room, Hammond heads down. Simmons is just, like, standing there, looming as Hammond orders Davis to dial the gate. And as the gate... face on. Oh, stupid face. And as, as the gate's dialing, we see Sam watching from up in the briefing room. And then an officer comes in to let Sam know that there's a call for her from Jack and that it is urgent. And then... Chevron 5 has been encoded when Sam heads down into the control room and tells Hammond that they have to abort. Simmons tries to, you know, call her off, but she tells them that Jack has the information that they need to save Tilk and also has evidence that will incriminate Colonel Simmons. So, abort the dialing sequence, arrest Colonel Simmons. Yes. Yay! We're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. It's gonna be good. So, Sometime later, Hammond, Jack, Sam, and Rodney are watching the surveillance footage from when Simmons interrogated the Gould, and according to the Gould, they have to remove the master control crystal before connecting the DHT. And Rodney does not believe any of what he's saying. He's a Gould. He's probably lying to make the SGC blow itself up, and yeah, Sam says what he's saying would be dangerous, but there are steps they can take to make it as safe as possible, so... Interesting fact from the commentary here. So they mentioned a few times that it seems like the filming of this episode was really sort of spread out rather than like, you know, six, five, six, seven days in a row due to the availability of some of the guest stars. And John Delancey wasn't available until actually much later in the filming schedule. So the scene with him and Bill Marchant, who plays Adrian Conrad was actually done with CGI compositing. Like, They filmed Adrian Conrad's side, then John Delancey's side, and, like, had to, like, splice it together. Oh, that's funny. So, (laughs) So, question. So,
0: the incriminating evidence was just at the fact that they had him on tape with the Gould?
1: I believe so, yes.
0: Okay, because they never really said that, so I just had to figure that out for myself.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I'm, I'm sure there's probably other stuff there at that safe house, but that's probably enough in and of itself to... Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because in order to get the Gould, he had to shoot Jack. There's, yep. you know, that whole thing too. So Rodney basically like washes his hands of this whole thing, which is fine with Hammond because Rodney's plane to Russia leaves in an hour. Yay! <laughs> Rodney's new assignment is to oversee Russia's nuclear generator technology research and development. Uh, McKay tries to argue that he's a civilian and Hammond can't order him to do anything, but as Sam says, he is on the Air Force payroll, so. Oops! Okay, time time to get this thing going. We have Sam Siler and some of the techs getting the DHD set up. The master control crystal has been removed, and they're ready to connect everything up. The base has been evacuated of non of all non-essential personnel because if this thing blows up, it's taking the whole base with it. So,
0: what's the what is the line that Sam says where somebody asks, "Does she want to be in the room?" And she's like, "It really won't matter."
1: <laughs> um, We're in the room let's see let's see let's see let's see let's see um, <laughs> oh jack calls down hey you sure you want to be in there for this to which siler first responds, not really sir and oh, yeah jack, and jack's like not talking to you <laughs> sam goes if the gate blows up it won't matter where we are on the base right so, yeah right it's not gonna matter if we're here or there nope okay so here we go siler like Throws the switch, the gate starts spinning. We get lots of like sparking, flying everywhere, and then instead of a koosh there's just sort of a bright flash of light as the event horizon coalesces and tilts back. He's there, whole. I like in one that piece. effect a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. But then that like sparking electricity stuff uh, goes down the wires that were connected to the gate back to the DHD, which then explodes, knocking was- Siler to the ground and. What? Whoops. Oops. That didn't happen in any of the simulations. Sorry, Russia.
0: (laughs) I wonder what that means for their agreement, though. I really do. (laughs) So are there no DHDs
1: left then? Okay. So this is actually something that gets retconned because there is the DHD that we discovered in Antarctica that the NID was using during the events of Touchstone when they were, like, going off world to steal stuff from other planets. Right. Um, it's not mentioned here because I think they just forgot about it. And then somebody remembered later. And I think in season six, it gets sort of retconned that not long after the events of touchstone, that DHD just basically died and completely lost power and just was not working anymore in any oh, capacity. So. right. Yeah. So there is a DHD that is not exploded, but it just doesn't work anymore. Oh, okay. So, Interesting. All right. Yes. Yeah. So Hammond and Jack go down into the gate room Jack very quickly checks on Scyther Then heads up the ramp with Sam to greet Tilk And they're like, hey Tilk, what happened? And Tilk's just like, I have my revenge Tanith is dead (laughs) I love that response (laughs) Uh, And Uh, so I'm so happy for you I I know, but it's also interesting Because Christopher Judge looks like he's about to cry a little bit I don't know. It looked like to me like he was kind of tearing up a little bit about, oh. I don't know. Maybe that was just me. I don't know.
0: Oh, I was just, I was enjoying Jack's reaction a little, a lot more like, way <laughs> go, buddy. I'm so happy for you. Hey. Yeah.
1: So Tilk seems to have like no idea that it's been like two and a half days since he actually like entered the gate. Um, but then he, you know, walks down the ramp, kind of sees all of the debris around, and is like, hey, what happened? And Jack's like, Hey, well, as it turns out, you owe your life to a ghoul, and Tilka's like, No, never. The end.
0: Yeah. And we don't know what happened to Mayborn, do we?
1: No, he just, you know, disappeared back Mayborn into the ether in as he does. <laughs> He just he just you know, waltzes <laughs> in and then waltzes out and pops up when you yeah. need it and then disappears and,
0: you know. His work here is
1: done. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. He just, he just walks back off out. into the sunset. Yep. Yeah, Mayborn perfect. out. <laughs> yep. Love it. Um, So, my final fun fact for this is that this episode was originally titled Tilk Interrupted, which I <laughs> wanted them to keep. That's such a good title. Oh. And one of the, I think it's Joe Malazzi, when he, he like had the blog where he story about Stargate and stuff, and he made a comment that, like, if you can call an episode Watergate, that's literally about. The Watergate. You can call an episode Silk Interrupted. Like you yeah. can do that. And I don't know why they changed it. I don't like. I like Silk Interrupted better. It would have been a good one. I know, because then we could have gotten some maybe interesting foreign territory titles. Because all of the foreign territory titles are just 48 hours. So that's oh. not fun. Boo. Yeah. So okay. That's all I got. So final thoughts. We like. I think we liked this episode. Yes. I did like it. I
0: liked it very much. Fun discussion. Fun cameos. Mm-hmm. Liked it all around.
1: Yes, the beginning of McKay. Oh, All oh, his gloriousness, yes.
0: That, that is, I mean, it, it's one of the things that makes me really excited about us doing this rewatch is because you forget so yeah. many things, and especially, especially the introduction of characters and how, how they eventually evolve with the ability of the actor and where the actor takes it. Yes. And just seeing how they started him, you're just like, oh, no, no, no. But eventually the Rodney McKay that we like know and love, we're like, oh, you, but oh, no, no.
1: <laughs> Which I'm jumping ahead a bit and I'm sure we'll talk about when we actually get to Atlantis. But Rodney McKay was not supposed to be on Atlantis. The character was written as just like another scientist, like Dr. Ingram, I think, was going to be the character's name. But it fulfilled that sort of that a similar role that McKay would have and then for some reason David Hewlett went into audition for this Dr. Ingram and then the all the stargate people were like, Oh yeah, why don't we just make it McKay? So then they just made it McKay. <laughs> that's funny. So, like, Wait a minute, you're already a Stargate your, character already, anyway. Yeah, we just make it you. It'll just be you. Yeah. So that's why we got May McKay on Atlantis.
0: That's funny. Yes. I like it.
1: Yeah, but okay uh well i think that's all for this week then thank you everybody for listening as always you can find us on instagram at sg underscore rewatch and now on discord check the show note for the link or you can send us an email at woo that's w-o-o rewatch at gmail.com don't forget to rate and review us please and we will see you next time for summit bye
0: finally yes <laughs> All right. bye bye, bye.